Welcome to your journey to greatness through routine, a podcast designed to help you build a success routine. My name is Michelle Steffes and I'm author of the book and I'm excited to come to you today with more insights and ideas to accomplish your success routine because it's not the big things we do, but the little things we do every day that make the biggest difference. So let's get on with the podcast. Welcome back to the series on the dangers of isolation and loneliness. Uh, yesterday we covered direct effects on the brain and we covered really a gamut of information very distinctly discussing the effects on the brain in terms of how it affects our amygdala, how it affects our hippocampus, which is a memory center of the brain. The amygdala is obviously the emotional center of the brain and the prefrontal cortex. So if you missed that, I would encourage you to go back as there was a lot of really powerful information in all of that. Well, today I want to talk a little bit more about the effects of isolation and loneliness, especially since we are dealing with a society that is kind of enforcing that, per se. In other words, it's we're required to social distance, we're required to self-quarantine, and a number of other issues that... Um, can lead to that feeling. But, you know, I had mentioned before at the beginning of the series that, you know, this is not a new topic per se. It it has to do with, you know, people getting older and, and feeling lonely as well as younger people who have not found their mate yet and they feel lonely. And in several other instances in between where loneliness might be a factor or isolation might be a factor. A number of studies have tried to parse these sublets by measuring social isolation and loneliness in parallel, partly aided by metrics known as University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA Loneliness Scale. And this scale, developed by the UCLA researchers in the 70s, uses a list of statements to evaluate how connected people feel. In contrast to measures of social isolation, which rely on more objective measures of social network size or the frequency of contact with other people, one recent longitudinal study in England found that social isolation and loneliness were each associated with poorer physical and mental health. Now think about that for a minute. Poorer physical and mental health. Now, that's really what this program strives to prevent in terms of what your journey to greatness through routine is all about. We want to have the best possible state of mind and the best health as well as mental health. And that is really what I'm all about each time I share on a podcast. And the strongest association was seen in the group of people who reported both conditions, so poorer physical and mental health. A three-year-old study of adults in Spain published in 2019, which was only last year, meanwhile found that loneliness and social isolation were independently associated with cognitive decline. So I would agree with that again for the reasons we already mentioned yesterday in covering the direct effects on the brain. If you miss that, I would encourage you to go back and listen so you can understand it a little bit better, encompassing all the uh, necessary components of the brain and how they're affected when you're in these situations. Other work has found effects for only one or two, or one of the two measures. Studies in the Netherlands and the UK, for example, have found that loneliness but not social isolation was predictive of the onset of dementia. In contrast to these findings, a preprint published in Bio Review 
a few months ago reported that social isolation but not loneliness was associated with elevated dementia. So they can't seem to make up their minds. Obviously, there's contradicting reports. But the fact of the matter is, in either case, okay, social isolation or loneliness, there's definitely a trigger there that leads to stress, and that stress can affect us in adverse ways. Not only uh, loneliness was associated with elevated dementia risk among 150,000 adults in the UK when generic risk factors for dementia were taken into account, it's quite a varied picture, says Steptoe. One sometimes finds different patterns. By the time the nine-person crew of the Antarctic Research Station Neomar III emerged from their 14-month stay a couple of years ago, they endured winter temperatures of below 50 degrees Celsius, drastic changes in natural light, and prolonged lack of contact with the outside world. The effects on their brains, it turned out, were substantial. Structural MRI performed by neuroscientists at the Max Planck Institute for Human Development before and after the trip showed anatomical changes or cellular changes to the dentate gyrus, a region of the brain that feeds information into the hippocampus, remember that's the memory center, and is associated with learning and memory. The crew members dentate gyruses had shrunk by an average of around 7%. The crew members also had reduced blood levels of brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is the BDNF, a protein involved in stress regulation and memory, and they performed worse on tests of spatial awareness and attention than before they had left. Okay, now this is solid data here we're talking about. The participants in in the study were contending with more than just social isolation during their expedition, making it hard to know whether the observed brain changes were linked to a lack of social contact as opposed to circadian rhythm disruption, which everybody knows that's been listening to my podcast for any period of time or if you're familiar with circadian disruption. It's a routine or pattern that you create by your lifestyle And what time you go to bed, what time you get up, you know, and how your body functions in the routines that you continually repeat day in and day out. Or some other aspect of experience. But researchers studying social isolation and loneliness in the general population are also beginning to document differences in brain structure that could help reveal biological mechanisms at play. All right. So we're going to get into this a bit more tomorrow. I'm hoping that you're following us on all this because I find it incredibly fascinating, not only for the data, but for the uh, research that's been done on it to help you understand the effects of isolation and loneliness. Well, this is Michelle Stuffis, your journey to greatness or routine. Looking forward to joining you back tomorrow. I hope you can come back and hear the rest of this. We have obviously solutions for you pretty soon that I want to finish the last of these symptoms and red flags that all of us need to understand. Have an amazing day. Thank you for joining